Grab a sandwich, pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sandwich, pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sandwich, pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Grab a sandwich, pack, sit back, and prepare to laugh. It's Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 202 of the Drunk Dash Runs Podcast. I'm your host, as always. I'm Tyler. And joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself. We have Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Ahoy, hoy. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I'm actually doing pretty, like, alright and stuff. Because the better part of uh, the past three weeks, I've been playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And finally, around my birthday, no less, I beat the game. So, I feel fantastic. <laughs> now there's just, like, a huge void left behind. And that's and that's something I haven't felt with a video game in quite a while. <laughs> but other than that, though, how have you been, Tyler? I'm doing uh, well. Um, I beat, oddly enough, without even really talking about Breath of the Wild, just minutes uh, before or after you. Basically, we ain't, beat the game within a few minutes or whatever. Ain't that fucking funny? You know, it's like, I beat the game and stuff, and all of a sudden I see a freaking post inside of our little Facebook chat, and I see you, <laughs> like, posted, like, about five minutes later, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds uh, of that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, too, have that Zelda-sized hole in my heart, but I'm hoping... Ding and Rampa can feel that fill that hole. I'm gonna start that tomorrow. Uh, just beat the game. Like, what was that Thursday night? So um, and it's Saturday night now. Uh, but I'm doing great. Uh, I started drinking this beer. It's supposed to be like an easy ale. Uh, it, it tastes like nothing. Uh, so I switched back to that nine percent beer that I was drinking last week. So I'm drinking that now. So I'm feeling pretty good. Um, but also joining us, we have the man from the southwest, Midwest, West. I don't know. Uh, we have Troy. What's up, buddy? It's the desert southwest. <laughs> okay. I'm glad you uh you didn't finish off your beer last week. Is is it flat? Uh, no, it's still pretty good. I put aluminum foil wow. over the top, and it's good to go. There you go. Yeah. I hear you like stuff a stuff a paper towel in the tip. Like that'll usually do pretty good. <laughs> not, not some sort of my place. heart, my heart overfloweth with Breath of the Wild because <laughs> I am nowhere near finished. Unlike you guys. I'm yeah. not actually finished with the game either, to be perfectly honest. I beat the main game, but I still want to play Zelda. <laughs> there's still a shit ton to do. I can, yeah, there, there's a lot to do. That oh, oh, yeah. Even, like, going through, like, the... Well, anyway, I shouldn't really ramble on and stuff. Troy, no, it's, take it from here, dude. <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, it's cool. Yeah, no, I, I, it's funny, too, because hearing you guys were talking about it, I mean, I didn't hear you guys talking about spoilers, thankfully, but before that, like, you were talking about how you thought this was... Uh, in your opinion, one of the best uh, Zelda games because of the open-endedness yes. of it, how you can kind of approach it your own way. And and everything about this game kind of reminds me of Metal Gear Solid Five, which I think is a an absolutely amazing game. And in the same way, you know, it's like, yeah, you can approach it from your own, you know, your own way of doing things uh, that kind of enables conversation. It's like, oh, well, how did you approach this? Yeah. How did you do that? Um, and then also in the same vein you're like well yeah i beat the boss you know i technically finished the game but i'm not done with the game there's so much more for me to do and that's the same for me with metal gear solid 5 oh i God, think i've yeah. got like 130 hours oh, in it 
and I've still, you know, just go back to it from time to time because it's such an amazing game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is this game is great, and yeah, it's just, it re- really is in my mind reminiscent of Metal Gear Solid Five in a lot of the best ways. Oh my yes. god, yeah, there's just so much like of a mix of like different types of uh, not only different types of inspirations from past games, but it, this honestly the open endedness. The really reminiscent from the original Legend of Zelda, but just like what you were just describing, Troy, with Metal Gear Solid Five, even though it's criminally unfair for me because I have not even remotely touched Metal Gear Solid Five, I want you're to fired. get back into it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, if if you're if you enjoyed Breath of the Wild that much, I I think you definitely could get into Metal, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five if you gave it a shot because it's very similar. Like a lot of the things that I do in this game, just harken back. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, like I, I think I said last week, it's like you have these moments where it's like, can I do this? And then you try it and you absolutely can do this. Like yesterday I was on a mountaintop, I believe, and I was uh, paragliding into a valley. And as I was coming down, I noticed like right below me, I was like, oh, hey, there's a deer. I wonder if I can land on that deer. And sure as shit, I landed what? on the deer. I mashed L and I tamed it. And I was fucking riding wow. around on you a deer. You were riding around on a deer. And it was just like, <laughs> yes. <sweet. laughs> I didn't know you could do I was that. like, holy crap, I just freaking tamed this deer. And it's so cool because the animations when it's running, like it, it, it prances like a deer. It doesn't gallop like a horse, but you're totally riding on this deer. And I was just like. That's amazing. Like it's just one of those things. Where it's like, hey, I wonder if I could ride that deer, and like I literally just paraglided straight onto the deer. Like it wasn't even like I creeped up behind it. Like I was paragliding down, landed on top of the deer, and then of course it's bucking and everything. But you you mash the L one button, and and it it eventually calms down. And sure enough, I just started prancing around on a deer that I just randomly landed on because I was paragliding. <laughs> it was pretty dope. Oh my gosh, yeah, I've had similar experiences for like uh, when I did like horses. I mean, I remember like paragliding from a tower that I had unlocked and I came across a field of horses and I landed upon the biggest horse there because it was uh, I think it was now that I think about it it's it was sort of like a black horse with kind of like orange sort of thing I thought I think it may have been like that's Ganon's slightly horse. racist can we recant that statement please <laughs> <laughs> my main horse is, is black with a white mane I call him Oreo <laughs> mine's got mine's more of a Dalmatian kind of thing and I call him Gables so you go. <laughs> Woo! That was a big one. You guys hear that at all? Wow! What was that? Yeah, yeah. that definitely came that across. Was that was thunder. We're, we're having a pretty decent uh, thunderstorm. Scared the shit out of me. Holy crap! Holy uh, shit, yeah, dude! Hopefully your internet holds up. <laughs> we have a, yeah, that was loud. They, we have, we're having a, a thunderstorm going on right now. From moment there, is your dog freaking the fuck out? <laughs> uh, he is passed the fuck out. Wow! Normally he's Man. he doesn't like lightning. Yeah, no, most dogs don't. Like, stuff like that will drive them nuts. I thought the horses were rampaging through his house right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised Gables didn't just start uh, prouncing around the house. Freaking out. There you go. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to buy a dog just so I can name Gables. Oh, my God. There you go. Funny. <laughs> go on, Gables. I'm sorry. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, had that yeah, had that moment and stuff where I paraglided, found a few of horses, landed on top of the horse and stuff, but uh, it bucked me off as soon as I landed on it because I ran out of stamina. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, freaking, when I was trying to catch Oreo, like, because Oreo is a solid colored horse and they're supposed to be, like, the more difficult ones, I think he bucked me off, like, five or six times before I was able to, like, calm him down enough to actually ride him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's supposed to be all sorts of different mounts inside the game, like, from my understanding, and uh, the thing about a deer. Oh yeah, a deer. Obviously, <laughs> I didn't know about deer. I actually, may want to try that later on. But uh, 
Oh man, just just searching into like how much stuff you could technically do in the game. I mean, there's you can actually take photographs of almost anything <laughs> inside this yeah, game. Flowers. Dude, like 900 Korok seeds and stuff like that. That's crazy in and of itself. I don't know how, but somebody managed to find all of them. <laughs> yeah. Did... I wonder if they've figured out what you get for getting them all yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Um, yeah, it's out oh, there, okay. but uh, that's it's cool. probably yeah. not going to be as I don't need to know. I'm just curious if they figured it out. Yep, it's a thing. It's pretty funny. I, I, I got a good chuckle out of it. Oh my so, gosh! Cool. I might seek that out one day because I don't know if I'll ever actually try and get all nine hundred seeds. So let's see. I, I I beat the game. I played forty hours of it, and I got eleven. So I'm not going to find all that. That's not a lot at all. No, I had barely. I'm constantly finding them. It's like I see something that's just kind of weird. Like the uh, yesterday when I was playing, I came across. I was on top of a mountain, and uh, there were these giant boulders and they were all in a circle but there was one boulder in the middle and i was like huh that's weird so first i thought well maybe if i like push one of the boulders to hit that middle boulder like that'll do something and i did that and it didn't work so i was like huh so i started looking around and and there was a divot in the the ground where one boulder could get Mm. like it could sit in it it was around the circle i was like okay i bet that middle boulder needs to be in that little divot so i used the stasis and like knocked the boulder over to where the hole was and nothing happened because i had already displaced one of the other boulders (laughs) so then i had to use stasis to try and get that boulder back up the hill to where it would originally uh sit and then sure enough you know a little korok seed popped up (laughs) like there's all kinds of little weird things like that that it's like this is weird. I bet this is something like, and so there was one I came up, there were three trees just sitting on top of this hill, like in line. They were all the same, like apple tree. And I was like, well, there's got to be a Kurok seed here, but I couldn't figure out the secret to get it. Like I was like, well, maybe if I knock all the apples off. So I jumped up on the things and knocked all the apples off and no, that didn't work. I was like, I wonder if I chopped them all down. So I pulled out my ax and chopped down all three of these trees and nothing happened. I was like, nope. And now I have nothing to do with these trees anymore. So I just walked away. But I was like, there's definitely a Korok seed there. I just don't know what the secret is to unlocking it. Oh, man. The Korok seeds, I think I only found about 20-something during my 60 hours of playtime. Let's see. I spent... And this is the thing. The final score for me when I finally beat the game, it's like I went through, spent about 60 hours playing the game, found about 53 shrines went through and got like about what 21 22 korok seeds and stuff went through the divine beasts i before i even faced ganon you know calamity ganon and stuff like that i had went through and beat all four of those uh divine beasts and stuff like that which i gotta tell you though once you do get into the divine beast stuff each one of them is unique in and of itself but uh one thing i will say it's like the bosses of each of those different like uh divine beasts i mean they're they're interesting the way like a lot of their patterns are the stuff like that i mean honestly i am not going to say which one you should take on first because you (laughs) i would leave that up to you because be perfectly honest i went forth and uh the first divine beast i went through and stuff like that i ended up finding out it was probably one of the more one of the hardest ones that you could possibly take on first and uh i didn't care you know i didn't realize it at the time but after a few tries i actually beat the darn thing and uh that that's just one of the the good glowing examples of the zelda game because even though you're at a point and stuff where you're not heavily as strong you can go into like later areas and stuff like that and you could still 
technically go through and beat a boss when you feel when you actually like uh without being so like overwhelmed or underpowered for a certain extent but uh, what i found really easy and stuff is when you get to a point and stuff where you can like go through and uh find these specific type of arrows and stuff like that that uh <laughs> that you'll come across after collecting enough materials and stuff it actually makes certain like battles a lot easier as a matter of fact there's these i've used these arrows and stuff and sometimes enemies will probably some of the strongest enemies i face on the field will actually dis- disappear completely once i use them <laughs> oh. actually just sucked into like uh they just disappeared to nothingness nothing's left behind or anything like no goodies or whatever it's kind of disheartening though, but it's it's kind of fun. But especially when you face off against something that uh, that are kind of silver in color. Now, here's the thing about it: is there are some enemies that have uh, different types of colors that depend upon their difficulty. So the regular Bacoblins are like kind of the brown, like traditional sort of things and stuff. But then you'll face off against ones that are blue and then maybe black or something like that. The hardest ones that I've come across are silver in color. You know, silver in color, pretty much. Yeah. So it's like, okay, once you go through and beat them, sometimes they'll have some of the most like some of the most like high coveted sort of uh, drop items. Like for instance, I faced off against two silver bacoblins today, and I ended up like getting all these like kind of little rare stones. Like I got an opal got a ruby got a sapphire and stuff like that just from defeating these these uh couple enemies and stuff but they were tanks in terms of their hp and stuff but i think it more or less had to do like uh because i didn't explore the out the entirety of every little secret little nook and cranny and stuff it's like i said before like over the past like podcast or two and stuff is like i basically went forth through my playthrough explored all the towers that's the first thing that I did because I was trying to make things easier for me to try to find different shrines in order to take them out you know accumulate and stuff like that so having done that and stuff it made the progress a lot more easier (laughs) so for all I could have known is like those type of enemies possibly could have been there for quite a while without me even noticing or that's the thing. I beat the game. I played a little bit of it today, and uh, I encountered these enemies and stuff like that that I had no idea were even still there. <laughs> so it's like I'm still discovering things. And what's kind of funny is I got into I got into a battle with like one of these uh, these big old like these big old like creatures and stuff that'll only appear like maybe two places, and they are so huge. This thing is so freaking huge, but. It drops probably some of the most useful items that you'll use in order to craft specific types of armor and other types of things. And even selling them off is like big buko type of like uh, rupees that you'll make from it. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I'll say this though. When it comes to money matters, there's a specific place by the Hebra Tower that I would suggest anybody go to if they're starting off and stuff. If you want to explore all the things you'll find this one mini game it'll be simple for yeah. you to grind for rupees <laughs> you just have to try yeah. a little bit and it only you only have to spend maybe a little bit in order to invest in this specific mini game but the payoff it is great you will start accumulating rupees pretty covenantly if you're especially good at the mini game 
<laughs> but at least you'll be able to afford some of the higher end things, especially when you go to specific areas of the game where you'll need some better armor and whatsoever. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I know what you're talking about. I earned about three thousand rupees, or exactly actually uh, three thousand rupees in about fifteen twenty minutes. So. Uh, well, let's see. Is, I used an easy way to I used this anything. method predominantly to uh, anything you want. help. Well, not just purchase anything you want and stuff like that, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I used it pretty much like to pay off a lot of the fairy fountain stuff. Because here's the thing: yeah. fairy fountains in this game. The thing about them is they are. They're there to try to enhance certain things like armor or, like, specific things that you wear, but for a price. The thing about it is, in order to open them, you have to spend rupees, but what you may not know is, once you go through, each specific fairy fountain stuff is really dependent upon how much, like, rupees and stuff. They're, like, increments of almost, like, ten and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So... For instance, the first fairy fountain, regardless of where you visit, you have to spend like about 100 rupees. The second is like, a, I think it was like, uh, what was it, 500? 500 for the second. Yeah. yeah, 500 for the second. The third one is like 1,000, and the last one is 10,000 rupees, which that's insane. <laughs> oh, boy. But, uh,. Yeah. Yeah, after you do all that and stuff like that, you can actually increase them. You can actually upgrade certain armor pieces and stuff to the max of what they can do. Which is very useful. But I didn't have to max yeah. out any type of armor to beat the game. Yeah, I, I didn't either. I ended up with, uh, I think, combined total with my armor was like 32 or something like that. So, I, I didn't have, I, I just, I was going in with like, some with some basic armor I just souped up, and uh, a couple other and like a uh, couple other little things. So nothing too crazy, but I mean, if you go in there with some of the more powerful armor, you can easily you'd be unstoppable. Oh yeah, uh, some of the things I've seen. Oh yeah, I mean, especially if you're trying to collect different armor types and stuff like that to do like full costumes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Which I have seen that there are wide varieties of costumes that you can, like, uh, accumulate and find, either through specific types of chests or, like, throughout the adventure itself. <laughs> and it's it's kind of crazy, not only the amount of detail they've went, that Nintendo went into, like, putting forth all the different types of ways that you can customize yourself, but especially if you have a lot of the amiibo, like I personally do... You can unlock things like, say, the Cap of Time or something like that from Ocarina of Time, or the Trous or the the Wind Tunic or something from Wind Waker. Yep. Just you can just have full costumes of like past Zelda games and stuff. Like I even got the cap of like uh, Twilight Princess Link, and like I even got like uh, Zelda's bow and stuff <laughs> from uh, Twilight's Princess and stuff. Nice. It's, it's just little things like that just make the whole experience seem a lot more interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up with uh, two-thirds of the Wind Waker uh, outfit collection, I guess. I had the trousers and the uh, the cap. 
Then I had one of the Ocarina of Time ones. I will say about the, the Amiibo stuff, if you do that every day, man, like, that, that I don't want to say it breaks the game, but you're pretty much golden as far as, like, food and arrows go. Like, you don't have to worry about that shit anymore. Yeah, and another thing I noticed was, like, when I was doing my initial playthrough and stuff, I didn't have to really cook all that much. I mean, I did experiment with different recipes. I did go through and, like, had, like, health-recovering items, stuff to make for, uh, to try to increase fire, fire stuff and everything else. No, fire-resistant stuff. As a matter of fact, uh, speaking of fire-resistant stuff, I... I went through a lot of that, that stuff, and I still had, like, uh, excess left over and stuff after completing a certain part. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> it Just talking about this yeah. game just makes me just really want to just go back and play more of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's... You guys can, yeah, hear, it, you guys can hear me, yeah. right? Yeah, I yep. can hear you. Yep. Okay, cool. Troy always having some fun. Uh, yeah, no, my, <laughs> I mean, I, the little inside baseball, my Skype just keeps crapping out on the MacBook. So what I did was I joined the Skype call in uh, on my iPad. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to you guys on my iPad, but I'm also still recording my audio. So I didn't stop recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. no problem. That's good. <laughs> Should be seamless. Uh, I missed all that conversation about Zelda. Anyway, it's a good game. <laughs> yeah, we little inside baseball on Zelda with, uh, with uh, some of the costumes and fair stuff and oh cool. you can, uh, i'm glad you guys were able to keep everything working while i was trying to troubleshoot my internet woes well luckily it was zelda because if there's anything else we've been screwed uh i'm trying to think of like anything else i can just cover base here with the game i mean oh man you know what i can talk about a specific shrine that i thought was really interesting and it was actually like a various shrine quest now there's this particular shrine that is way far away like in the northeast of the map and the thing about it is once you get there you come across this big old elaborate like labyrinth and i mean this is a crazy ass labyrinth you try to climb the walls there there is all these guardians guarding everything like basically and space and what you have to do is you have to find a way to navigate throughout the entire labyrinth in order to get to the actual you know shrine itself and once you finally do that and stuff like that, you get the little orb and everything else and stuff. But just the process of finding out where I needed to go and all this other stuff, it took me at least about a good solid 20 minutes just to find my way. Just because I was looking at the map, looking at like my little thing just to make sure I'm at the right like angles and stuff like that. And uh, I was just following the little map cursor in the lower right-hand corner of my screen and stuff, and I managed to figure out my way. I mean, I made a couple of wrong turns here and there. Yeah. But, oh my god, it it was definitely a challenge in and of itself, but it just made me feel like... Uh, it made me feel like it was like more accomplished and stuff. And that's just the thing about this game, of its in and of itself, that that just makes the experience all the more special is each shrine doesn't really feel like like uh, a repeat of before i mean there are specific like types of shrines that do repeat themselves but that's the strength stuff like that yeah but the thing about it is all of them seem vastly different in certain aspects than the last and that's what makes it a lot more fresh and it also makes me want to go out and just get a bunch find a bunch more <laughs> yeah i actually um to kind of go over me real quick i uh 
finished the game, much like you, did all four Divine Beasts, uh, put about 40 hours in, um, I ended up with 41 shrines. Yeah. Uh, so I got my, my goal going in was to get the Master Sword, beat the Divine Beast, uh, beat all of the, all four Divine Beasts, do about 40 something, sh- uh, shrines, and then obviously, uh, stop the Calamity, uh, and I went in like 41 shrines done. Uh, and I actually found four or five shrines where the the challenge of the shrine was either finding it or getting to it. Yes. So when you went into the shrine, all you had to do was climb the stairs, get the orb. There was no challenge inside the shrine, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, and then I did a couple other ones where like I, I some of my most enjoyable ones, more, not maybe enjoyable ones, more the ones I came out of like more like like you were talking about, you felt really good about yourself. Yes. The ones that the test of strengths. When you found the ones where it was like. The test of strength was you know you're just fighting a uh, uh, like the little mini guardian guys, um, and some of those, especially the, uh, the the top level ones, were super tough. Oh yes, and intense, and going in there and like using every freaking health f- food I have, and using most of my weapons or at least all my good ones, and taking this guy out. Uh, and doing all that was great. I oh yeah, yeah. I love. I I I want. I this game took me about forty hours to beat, and I feel like if I if I didn't have a boatload of games in the back, to, like you know, sitting here, yeah, for me to still beat, I would probably put fifty, sixty more hours in this game easily. Because I was getting so distracted um, by like, I probably could beat this game like twenty, twenty five hours. But it's just like I go in, like I had these goals, like I mentioned earlier, that I want to do going in this game, and I would freaking be working on those goals, and then all of a sudden, like, what the hell's that over there? <laughs> wander off. Next thing I know, it's four hours later. I didn't even accomplish the thing I was meant to do, and I just did all these other things. That's that was like my first four hours playing the game, personally. But yeah. uh, but let me ask you, did you actually did like? Uh, did you know that you can actually turn in like Kor- like Korok seeds and stuff in order to expand like inventory slots? Uh, I didn't know it until I went on to one of the, like the first mission you do um, after you do the, the first four shrines and get out of the Great Plateau uh, to go to Krico Village. I didn't know about it until then, but I had like three at that point. I was able to extend it once, but yeah, I, I like yeah, I didn't know until I bumped into the guy. I'll tell you this right now. Form. I did not know that you can expand the inventory slots for weapons and for armor the, until the day after I beat the game. Holy crap. Oh, I did not upgrade a single one of my inventory slots. I went through wow. all my weapons. I went through all my armor, all my shields, and this and that and stuff like that. And to be perfectly honest, I love... Even despite not having done that, not realizing I could expand my slots, that I was still able to house some of the more powerful weapons, use a lot of my inventory things, which I hardly ever do inside other games, and I still managed to beat this game. <laughs> yeah, that's only, crazy. I, you, like, straight handicapped yourself. Yeah, without yeah. even realizing it. <laughs> I only expanded my inventory three times, and all three times were for weapons, for, like swords. That's the thing uh, about it, yeah. that's the thing uh, about me with certain video games, like the open world games, or even like games I wasn't even aware of and stuff. Odds on, I'm gonna find the hardest difficult. I'm gonna find <laughs> the hardest boss first thing, and another thing is I'm probably gonna handicap myself in some way where people are like, 
how the hell did you do this? It's like, oh, I don't know, but I did it. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's no easy way for Gables. He's going to go in the hard way. Then that's how I create the legend. <laughs> but uh, there you go. What I will say to new players that are going into Breath of the Wild and to people who are currently playing it, haven't gotten too far into it and stuff like that, remember, 13 is the magic number for hearts. Don't ask why. Just keep the number 13 in mind. But one is always the loneliest number. Exactly. (laughs) Troy, did you have anything else you want to add uh, for Breath of the Wild for a move on? No, actually, I, I mean, I haven't really done much. I think uh, I played maybe another 20, 30 minutes. I got one shrine. I saw my first memory. Uh, okay. Got a few Korok seeds, and that's about it. Like, I haven't really done much. Uh, I did go see Impa uh, for the second time, which is uh, when she told me that I needed to go find the memories. Uh, and then I, the way I found the first memory was I helped the guy in uh, Kakariko Village uh the guy who's looking for the uh, great fairy uh, fountain. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. you know so, what? Yeah. There's another little factoid, too. When I was doing my playthrough, I did not find Kakariko Village until after I had beaten three divine beasts. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's crazy. No, I went straight there because that's kind of where the, the ghost had sent you. Well, that, so that's just that's the where thing. I, I headed straight that's there. That's the thing that I didn't realize because I did not have all the map unlocked and stuff. I did not know where the Kakariko Village was. And so I was going along everywhere trying to see if I could find it, like, up on my travels. And that's how I ended up going through that's and cool. discovering and, like, going through and, like, unlocking all the different towers. So I did not go to Kakariko Village first off, so I did, had no idea that I there I could recover certain memory things or do this or do that, or even unlocking the 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 fairy found that's close to there. So I unlocked and I faced off against so many tumultuous like challenges. Like there were like tar pits, there were like freaking like electronic like electric like whiz orbs and stuff like that mm-hmm. at certain places. Oh my god! But. Uh, I, I laughed when I eventually I found it. It's like, oh my god, I finally found it! <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, because you like circumnavigated the map before you even I was like 30 it. hours in <laughs> at that point. That's crazy. That's the, yeah, like I did all that in the first three or four hours. That's crazy. Yeah, like I said, I mean, that's, I've been there and what's the, whatever, the second village uh, with the, oh, uh, the, the research center. Yeah. Yeah, like th- those are the only two major places that I've been along the way. Uh, I did so the the one memory I found was at the east gate of whatever something or other. Mount, that was the the one memory I've like seen so Lamaru far. Or I something. Yeah, I know. What yeah. About. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean that's all I've done in, in Zelda. I I spent a little time with that. I'm also still working on uh, Hyperdimension Neptunia Rebirth. Yeah. I uh, have left Lestation and I have now ventured into the land of Leanbox. Uh, whose goddess is Lady Greenheart. I think you can figure out from that uh, what land this is based <laughs> off of, what uh, PlayStation, uh, what console this is based off of, which is actually the Xbox. Um, and it's kind of funny, too, because the, uh, the goddess, uh, Lady Greenheart, she's a, she's a serious hardcore gamer. Uh, she keeps talking about her backlog and everything like that. It's actually, it's like I said, super charming. This game is, is really good, a lot of the humor and stuff. And it's, it's a gamer's game, basically. Uh, really enjoying that and also right before we started recording i decided to hop on to some overwatch because uh they have a new event going on uh 
like you know they they hold these holiday events or whatever and i think the theme of this one is kind of a a throwback to before the actual timeline of uh overwatch as it exists starts uh, it's like uh in the the universe of overwatch where uh there was this this good uh group uh that was overwatch and they were fighting against uh i don't know the can't remember what they they called them uh, anyway it's it's in the lore and so they they have a you know a new uh, holiday thing going on where you can play through some uh pv pve yeah pve right that's yeah. where like it's co-op play yeah they city. have like a co-op yep. thing yeah so they have a co-op thing there which is kind of supposed to be pretty dope um but usually i try and get on and, and get all the loot boxes during these events because you get to unlock all the uh the rare skins and and everything like that but one of the uh one of the things they have is diva's the, the basically my main and she doesn't have any new skins in this uh event but she does have a uh an intro video uh for like when you have like a play of the game so when anybody has a play of the game at the end of the match it'll play the play of the game and then they they have an intro video that you can unlock that you put in ahead of that and so for diva her new intro is uh, it's called selfie and what happens is uh diva she sets off her mech which is like her ultimate and what happens is the mech goes flying you know kind of off into the distance and and basically what it is is it goes nuclear and it blows up so she like sets off her mech and she sets it down the map and then she turns around and she pulls out her cell phone and she takes a selfie as the mech's exploding in the background (laughs) so it's actually pretty dope so i was like i have to get that intro video so i went and and it was like 750 credits to, to unlock it and uh, rather than trying to get it out of a loot box. And I had 800 credits. So I was like, yeah, I was just going to buy this outright. So I bought it and activated it. And then I was like, well, I'm here. I'll just play a match real quick. So I played a match. And during that match, I happened to get play of the game. So I got to actually see that intro video in action, which was pretty dope. I actually posted the video on Facebook and Twitter. So if anybody happens to you know follow me there, you can see the video of my play of the game. It was like literally my first match since I think the last... Uh, time I played was around Christmas like when they were having the Christmas event uh, I missed the whole year of the chicken the new Chinese New Year uh, event that they had and it's it's literally been what now six months what what is it no four five months yeah because it was December when I played last and uh, like yeah my first my very first match I got play of the game which was pretty dope nice. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty much all I've been playing. My my week has been super busy with school. I had this just this week alone. I had a 16-page paper to turn in. I had three two-page papers. I had a 20-minute presentation to prepare and present, and uh, two discussions. I had a lot of stuff to do this week. It's been a busy ass week, uh, so I didn't have a lot of time to game. But I did. I guess I did manage to you know play a little bit here and there. So I'll call it a victory. I've got as we're sitting now. Uh, less than a month. I graduate on April, no, May thirteenth, and today is April fifteenth. So I am I'm less than a month away from graduation. Nice. That's yeah, good. it's pretty exciting. <laughs> I'm ready to be done with it. Uh, I don't uh, yeah, blame I you. You're, especially when you're at the finish line, you're just kind of yeah, crawling along. Um, yeah, that was my weekend gaming. Yeah, uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, I, I'm at the point now with uh, where I'm just like, it's like, do I, do I want to sleep? Or do I want to play games for a couple hours more? And that's that's there was it's kind of warm. there was that uh, meme that kind of circled circulated the internet this week where the the person's got uh they they've got a wall and they've got sleep, work, and eat. Yep. Right or food. I think it was something. And like then that. they're holding the little box for for video games and it's like 
it's like I have no room for this, and then they're like trying to pull a little boxer sleep as all. Well, maybe. Yeah, and that's uh, I actually posted that that uh, meme myself too. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing in the last few weeks, especially with Zelda. I start playing a game by like seven o'clock at night, and it's like look over, it's like fuck, it's like nine thirty. I gotta be up at four thirty. <laughs> I play for like twenty more minutes. Look over, fuck, it's eleven o'clock. God damn it, did it again. That's that's been my life the last couple weeks. Uh, yeah, with that. Um, that's probably. I mean, are, do you have any other games you want to talk about? No, not really. I just I've been playing. I was going to say because that's probably a pretty good segue. We we're talking about you know finishing Zelda, which a lot of people say is the the only game to have for Switch. But we can talk about this Nintendo Direct that they had. I didn't get to watch it, so you guys can kind of fill me in on the details. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, where I was going to go first with the uh, with the news. Like I said, segueing into it, uh, there was finally a direct. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, some big stuff coming out of it. A lot of little things too. There's uh, packed a lot into a 35 minute long direct. Um, I'm going to go real quick. A lot of the small things. We can discuss it if we want to. Um, there was a lot more small things, but I kind of covered the slightly bigger small things, like the medium sized things, I guess. <laughs> uh, but anyways, you got a filter. Yeah. Um, so. Kind of the first thing they jumped into was uh, a lot of 3DS stuff. Uh, hey, Pikmin uh, is a 3DS game they announced a f- few months ago. Uh, is coming out to 3DS on July 28th, and I'll also have a new Amiibo well, coming with it, and it's all five different Pikmins um, together, which looks pretty cool. Pre-order that one. Uh, moving on, they have also it's uh, 25th anniversary of uh, Kirby, so they have three Kirby games coming out this year. Uh, Kirby Clash Deluxe, which is like a um, I believe this is the four-player one. Uh, looks more like a kind of a hack and slash kind of one. It's free to start, meaning basically download a demo if you want to buy. You can buy and continue on from there. Uh, Kirby Blowout Blast was, looks more like a top-down kind of platformer version. Also coming out this summer um, for 3DS. And then a new multiplayer Kirby game is coming out later this year for 3DS. That's all they said about that. Um, so big three big games, uh, three big Kirby games coming out this year for 3DS, um, celebrating its anniversary. This this next one's more for Justin. Uh, bye bye Box Boy, the uh, third and final game of the Box Boy trilogy, uh, is out and it's out now. Came out um, later on the afternoon, the day of the direct, I think on Wednesday or Thursday for that. Um, and then also they announced three new Zelda amiibo are coming June 23rd as a, a, a Majora's Mask one, a Skyward Sword one, and then one other one I can't remember what it's for. And then also the final three, um, Super Smash Bros., uh, Wii U, and 3DS uh, Amiibos are coming out. Uh, Bayonetta, Cloud, and Corn. They're out on July 21st. Uh, so that's kind of the, the medium-sized stuff that came out at the, at the very beginning of the, uh, of the Direct. Obviously, there's some smaller stuff in there, but that's kind of the main stuff. Uh, any of this stuff do anything for you guys? Oh, there's definitely a couple of things ah. that are interesting about it. I mean, I like the idea that the we're finally getting those amiibo and stuff like that finally after uh, <laughs> Smash Brothers is released. You know, for Cloud, yep. Bayonetta, and like for like Corn. the one for Fire Emblem as well. I mean, fuck. I mean, it, the game has the Smash Brothers games have been out for like what a couple of years now. 2014. Yeah, yeah, for at least a couple of years. So I'm glad they finally were able to get the DLC stuff out of the way and stuff 
And I kind of find it funny, the timing of their announcement stuff after Bayonetta finally drops on Steam. <laughs> yeah. Works out. Works that is there. funny. But uh, the Zelda amiibo, there's like 11 amiibo now that are Zelda themed. Oh, um, I can probably, I have them all. I can count, yeah. I guess. There's, yeah, there's definitely 11 or 12. Um, I think, yeah, I think the, there was, what, uh, eight? before and now oh, no. these with these three it's gonna well, be 11 oh, no, i think it's gonna be like 13 or 14 now with the uh oh there wow. were the smash brothers Here, stuff that's a lot originally and then you have the individual themes like for the ocarina of time like uh link then you... i'll go count give me two seconds <laughs> continue talking <laughs> there's a couple different like uh, tune link ones as well it's like it's it's funny because there's yeah. a package where it's they like, have the 30th anniversary yeah. one the 30th anniversary ones are the ones i was talking about the yeah, the eight bit link. Then you had Ocarina of Time. Yeah, the then you had the package thing for Toon Link and Toon Zelda and stuff like that. But uh, they had the Twilight Princess yeah. with the Wolf yeah, Link. Yeah, the Wolf Link and stuff that was like a special thing if you bought like uh, Twilight Princess for Wii U and Breath of the Wild has three of no, them. No, Breath of the Wild actually has like about five. There's four um, for those. There's fourteen right now out for Zelda, and there's Jeez. three more, so seventeen. Gonna be seventeen total. That's by far the most, uh, the most amiibo for one franchise, like by a mile. I imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. like Mario maybe. Even more than Mario. There's, I mean, uh, I have almost. I think I have almost all the Marios, if not including like they have like three different like. God damn, I guess I have five Marios. God damn. Well, let's God see. Man. Looking up on my dis- looking up on my little display that I got right in front of me right now, it's like I got. The, for the whole Breath of the Wild thing, there was like five separate amiibo. There's the Bokoblin, there's the Guardian, there's Rider Link, Archer Link, and uh, Princess Zelda. Oh, you're right. Yeah, there is five. Holy shit. I know. It was it was yeah. just funny because I got the last one like about uh, like a couple days after. That was like a twenty dollar amiibo, dude. That was like crazy. Yeah, the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. it's huge, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I've seen people like use it as a Switch stand. The Guardian amiibo. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, nothing jumps out at me super great. I don't have a whole lot of affinity for Kirby. Pikmin was a lot of fun. Uh, from what I understand, what I've heard, this new Pikmin game is a 2D Pikmin game, yeah. which will be kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is kind of the last hurrah, though, for 3DS. Um, this which last might not be year. a bad way to go out. With uh, if, Hopefully Pikmin's good. I, I, I've never been a big... I like the idea of Pikmin, and I enjoy what I play of them, but... Uh, it fucks with my it's anxiety. It's not something you seek out. Yeah, it just it, it Pikmin fucks with my anxiety. There's the whole time limit shit. <laughs> I can't play the game. It, it fucks me up, so I don't do it. So, yeah. But yeah, traditionally, whenever like a Nintendo system or even like Nintendo handheld things go off, you always have like that specific type of games that come out like towards the end of its life cycle. Like for example, there are like big epic like certain RPGs that release kind of late in the life cycle of all Nintendo consoles that I generally would go yeah. through like uh, like just give it like the last hurrah and stuff like say the Fire Emblem game which we heard almost next to we actually we didn't hear anything about the Fire Emblem game for 3DS for they, this they announced the season they announced the season pass for the game but they well, did yeah. Fire Emblem direct like a month ago so yeah they did that earlier on this I think this yeah. year and stuff but uh, the Pikmin the Pikmin thing actually looks pretty interesting because it's it's a platformer, yeah. and I kind of like the idea of doing that since uh, I do have the games of Pikmin, but I have not beat <laughs> any of the Pikmin games. So I really would yeah. like to play a little Captain Malamar, do this and do that and stuff. Kirby stuff, I'm kind of more excited about what they're going to unveil the 
yet to be like unveiled like Kirby game and stuff since what I see right there looks like they look like kind of the mini games you would get like from uh, the big line Kirby games I say Planet Robobot I'm kind of looking at my for like inspiration and stuff the whole bye bye box boy I mean that uh, you know what I haven't played any of the box boy stuff so probably somewhere down the line but yeah, just has been talking that game those games up for a couple years now so yeah I understand but the thing yeah. coming out of this direct I'm glad they made a big emphasis on their 3ds stuff first foremost and stuff just to get it out mm-hmm. of the way because we did not know anything that was going to be coming out like towards the remainder of this year but also possibly potentially the beginning of next year because it's like what you're saying Tyler and stuff this is probably the last full year we're going to have the 3ds before it starts to wind down with maybe little sprinkles of something here and there on 2018 yeah but uh the big news for 3ds wise i think had a regard to not only just like the whole like kirby stuff though but what what else was there? I'm trying to think. They had, they had like uh, you, uh, Yoke Watch Two was t- they released another one of those. Yeah, Emerald Oasis uh, got a release date. Oh yeah, um, a few other things, but th- these are kind of key ones. Yeah, I don't know. I, I not a if, the, the, if this is it. Not a, if these games are good, the Kirby games and the Pikmin games are good. And they're not just kind of like get them out there kind of things. And not a bad way to go out. Uh, oh yeah, because yeah. like. It's, going on with the booms have a so the big question is what's coming up for the switch yes oh yeah so those are the key things um so when they announced the nintendo direct uh they they said they were gonna talk about arms and splatoon 2 that was the key things you're gonna talk about and they spent a good chunk of time talking about both of those games uh so kind of the rest of the things that happened in the, in the back half of the direct was they showed up a bunch of arms show, show up some more characters uh some of the uh different attacks they do there's one uh, there's like the ramen girl where she has like a one of her arms is a uh, ramen noodle, basically. Rin Rin. It shoots like halfway across the map. Uh, yep. I thought they were all ramen noodles. Not all of them. It's like one of them's no, like a one no. girl, like one of the arms is almost like a ramen noodle arm. The other one's like a dragon yeah. cannon or something. It's really crazy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I thought they all looked like a bunch of like telephone cords for people who remember what old telephone <laughs> yeah, cords. They kind of did look like telephone cords, like springs or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Um... Yeah, they did. They showed off. A, they showed off a match and kind of like a little more detail on the, what the game is and the characters they're gonna have in the game. They're definitely trying to sell this game on the characters. Um, What's you guys' opinion know, on it? Yeah, they know they announced uh, a release date for Arms, uh, June sixteenth. Mm. Uh, yep. A uh, couple other things, real quick. Um, they also releasing on the same day, June sixteenth, uh, neon yellow Joy Cons, and then also a battery double uh, A battery pack you can attach to your Joy Cons. Um, to extend the battery life, so you can have your switch look like it's got a couple tennis balls attached to the end of it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, uh, I that's like, what it looked like to me. I feel like you know, normally like the three, there's like fifty thousand different um, versions of the 3ds out there. Nintendo loves yeah. having different models and different colors and all that shit. But there's and the cool thing about the switch is the the controllers are modular, so you can totally just buy different colored you yeah, know themed like, controllers. Yeah, and I think that's where we're going with this, like. We're not going to have, like, a million different versions of the Switch itself, but we're going to have a million different versions of the Joy-Cons itself, Dude. which is cool. And plus, you can mix and match if you want to. Dude, I actually kind of like the yellow Joy-Cons for what they are, because they're bright, they're colorful, and they also, it's like... I, I really loved the idea that they had behind the Joy-Con controllers, you know, just put little different colors, just different things right there you could buy separately if you want. I mean, hell, 80 bucks, fuck, I hate it. I know, I know it's high and stuff, but... 
I'm actually kind of tempted to see if I can get like a yellow one at this time. I'm waiting they, for. I'm waiting for. Like they a remind me. They remind me of those tennis shoes that they put out a bunch of years ago that were literally like the tennis ball material. Like they were just bright yellow, like you were wearing a tennis ball on your feet. That's what I that's what I think of when I see these. I mean, I got the gray Joy-Cons. I, I like my stuff being kind of low-key yeah. and like fly under the radar. So, I mean, I, I respect all the, the bright colors, but like it's not something that appeals to me. And, yeah. and the neon yellow probably appeals to me even less than the blue and the red do, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah, like it's just every, every like every time I see it on the internet, like it reminds me of a tennis ball. Yeah, I see that. Uh, I I'm not I, I think it'd be cool to have some different colors, but I'm not willing to pay the eighty bucks for the different. Yeah, colors. no, I mean it's cool. Yeah, um, but they also announced that Monopoly is coming out for the Switch uh, this fall, and Splatoon Two is getting a new game mode called Salmon Run. Uh, it's kind of like a horde mode from like Gears of War uh, kind of thing, where it's four uh four four friends get together or four people get together and they they stop waves of uh, enemies and the game is coming out surprisingly july 21st um so arms june 16th splatoon 2 july 21st so like over a two month big things coming on this yeah from each other yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean there's a bunch of other stuff that's coming out uh in the meantime you got the street fighter you've got the uh puyo puyo tetris is coming out pretty soon oh, yeah. and like there's a lot of other smaller games you know uh, that I mean, it seems like they're trickling out at a fairly decent rate. I mean, depending on what your tastes are in, in Switch games, like there's going to be people who are bitching that there's no games out, but like there will be games out, just whether or not they're games that you're interested in is the yep. question. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, um, it's just I have pretty much little to no interest in Arms. Like, it's as a sixty dollar title. Like it's kind of like one two Switch. It's like one two Switch. I would play it. That was like a twenty dollar title or a pack in. Like arms, if it's a twenty thirty dollar game, I would probably check it out. But I'm not. I can't. I don't know. From what we've seen, doesn't feel like there's enough content there to enjoy, to um, make me want to invest sixty bucks into. I feel kind of the opposite of that way. Where this is a game where it mostly interest you know intrigues me in that certain concept. Where I see a bunch of the different types of uh, combinations you could do with the little arms and stuff, especially from the little video that they showed to us. Different types of character that just look weird and wacky and stuff. They're able to mix up the little, uh, the specific types of arm weapons in and of itself. Like there's like a whip weapon. There's like heavy weapons, like light and stuff like that. I like the complexity of what they're aiming for. So I feel like it's worth the sixty dollars in terms for myself because I like, I like these type of like area type of fighting games. I mean I'm I'm a fan of mm-hmm. like games like Power Stone where it's like okay, I'm going to go through upon this map, maybe not collect a lot of the power-ups or something like that, but I feel like that ARMS is sort of reminds me of Power Stone in a way where it's kind of an open type of world thing where you're just duking it out with an opponent and stuff and then just uh, going through. And it also mixes in some key things like from Punch-Out as well. It's like you're trying to figure out the right type of pattern or something to defeat your opponent with these different stylings of like ARM weapons that you got. So, you know, I'm very much in the crew the group or something like that where once it comes out like in june it fits in right well with what i want to try to do because i look at it this way since the launch of the switch i've played nothing but zelda i'm finished with zelda waiting a couple weeks here until mario kart 8 comes out mario kart 8 deluxe i'll probably play that for a good solid like month and stuff and maybe in time you know it'll probably be around the time where i get arms and then leading off in the Splatoon 2, it's actually a perfect wave for me right now. <laughs> yeah. Does ARMS, is it is it 
single player focused or does it have multiplayer focus? it does have multiplayer like, things you can actually do like two on two matches and stuff like that yeah that's a that's one thing that they did show off in the uh the, the direct is they announced there is 2v2 but um it feels like it's more they want it, they're, they're focusing more on the 2v2 but it's definitely a game where you can just do single player but i that's yeah. my thing is like what is there in the single player mode is it just like a typical arcade mode or is it like is there a story behind it like i'm more of a like, kind of story mode kind of gamer so but go ahead what, what are you yeah. what are you on this right i like i said i i'm curious like i don't know if it's supposed to be multiplayer focused or single player focused if it's just a throwaway single player is kind of like a a tutorial sort of thing yeah. almost like the first splatoon like the single player just kind of taught you you know the basics of the game i mean they had the boss fights and stuff but i feel like it wasn't a complete package like it wasn't a game that you were buying for the single player it was definitely multiplayer focused uh and if it is multiplayer focused then is it local multiplayer yes. is it online multiplayer it is a, so they do have local so local multiplayer like it ostensibly i'll need to get another set of joy cons because i only have the one set of joy cons so you know like that's stuff to take into account and, and how often i'll have people around me who are interested in playing this i can maybe drag my wife into playing it from time to time but you know like i don't know if this is a game that necessarily fits into my lifestyle yeah. it's a cool concept for sure but i i i'm not sold on it uh, you know i maybe once it comes out i'll see the coverage and see some footage of it and everything like that and maybe i can make a decision based off of that but uh as of right now it's not anything that's like super on my radar especially for 60 bucks and and they did um the you can use a pro controller for this game as well it's not oh okay only. so you it's not all motion control no game? not no. at all no. you have the options to use the okay. pro or even like different types of control styles oh see my my impression of it was it was like a a Wii game where you had the the two Joy Cons and you're using them to basically waggle your way through a fight. Yeah, that's initially what no, I thought as well. That was my impression of it. It's definitely it seems like an expansion upon like Wii Boxing, and they're kind of they're really going for like the whole like hey, it's most control stuff. You remember Wii Boxing from 2006? That was cool, right? Um, but or um, what was the other game? The Mike Tyson's Punch, punch Out uh, yeah. kind of thing. But it's you, know, you could just use a regular controller, which is the one probably the one saving grace at this point for me for that game, but. Uh, it's coming out, I think, right after E3. So maybe I think E3 might be its thing, like the big final chance to just kind of sell me on this game. Because, like you, I think we're in the same exact boat where it's like, there we can be swayed, but right now we are. It's it's a hard no for us. Uh, yeah, point. skeptical. Yes, skeptical uh, at best. I'm never gonna be a hard no <laughs> with Nintendo again after Splatoon. Like I blasted that game when they when they first announced it. Uh, on this podcast a few years ago, and then I ended up loving that game. Ah, um, I ended up becoming one of your words. favorite games on that system, too. Yeah, it was one of my favorite games of that year, <laughs> I think 2014. So, um, tell me about this battery pack. Like, so it takes AA batteries? Yeah, that so expands it expands the battery capacity? It hooks up to the back of your uh, your, your Joy-Cons. Uh, they didn't really say battery life, how much... I don't think they said how many more hours it extends to it. Um, but it's just... It's going to extend the hours to the battery life. Uh uh, no price, anything. Really, there was little to no detail announced to it. It said uh, you'll, they'll be out, they'll be out um, on on June sixth, uh, June sixteenth. Yep, with the uh, arms. Have you guys had any issues with the battery life? No, I never used them, so I don't know. I'll be pretty. I'll be pretty so, much. So, like, ostensibly, the only way you're using them is if you're playing in handheld. Pretty mode. much. Yeah, I, I, I think that, so. I use them for like an hour or two, like watching. I play in Zelda, watching wrestling, or watching something on TV. But for the, like ninety five percent of the time I've used my Switch, it's been with my my Pro controller. And 
and in handheld mode, the Joy-Con's not the weak link as far as battery life. Like, the Switch itself is going to run out of battery long before the Joy-Con's will. Yep. Yes. From what I understand, the like, battery life... Because, like, you got three hours of battery life in the in the console. And, like, I've... I From what I, I think I've heard, there's, like, 20 hours of battery in a Joy-Con? Yeah. So, that's the thing. Yeah, with the Joy-Con, like... I don't really feel like that was... Yeah. I, I it was It's kind of a weird thing where it's... I don't really feel like it's that important. Like, I don't feel like people are, like... Unless you're doing like, is this a product that's in demand? Like, are people demanding an extra battery pack no. for the Joy-Con? I can see people so. maybe want it if they're doing some like a lot of like they're doing a lot of traveling, I guess. But I feel like you're doing a lot of traveling. You like doesn't the Joy-Cons control like charge while the Switch is, is charging? Yes. So if they're like, on the yeah. Switch while the Switch is charging, they charge. I don't understand. Yeah, it feels like a and niche then, thing for. People. Like it bulges off the back of the Joy-Con, so how does that interact with using the Joy-Con grip? That's a good point. It could mess with the HD Rumble, or even just the the ability to put those Joy-Con on the grip, because there is a piece of plastic that comes across the backside there, and this this would ostensibly get in the way of that. How like the question would be how easy or difficult is it to add, uh, remove and add this battery pack to the Joy-Cons? If it's a an in depth process, or if it's something you just snap on, I look for, there's a lot of questions. You you got like a three second video of it, and it looked like it was just something that kind of hooked onto it. So I don't I don't feel huh. like it'd be a very intrusive thing, but yeah, like thinking about it, really, I don't really put too much thought into it. But honestly, the, yeah, the, the yeah, but I mean, thing, I don't. I, but Nintendo loves their accessories, so it's probably like we're gonna this thing is probably gonna be like thirty bucks, like twenty five dollars too much. And yeah. I, I feel it. like it's a product that's designed to solve a problem that nobody's having. Yeah. Like, I would much rather you give me something to extend the battery life of the Switch itself, not the Joy-Cons. Because if I'm out and about, like, my Switch is going to start running out of battery sooner, which means I'm going to plug it into the wall. Even if I'm still playing in handheld mode, I'm going to put the charger on it. At that point in time, I think both the Switch itself and the Joy-Cons are charging, as long as I'm not playing with the Joy-Cons detached. But even then, like... 20 hours still like you can you know play and and fully charge and decharge the switch three times four, four times, times? Yeah. five times like before you even need to worry about the the battery of the Joy-Con controllers like it just seems like like who was asking for this product <laughs> it just seems like they're like hey this is a good idea but nobody they didn't really ask anybody if they needed this if maybe if somebody's doing like a, an extra life marathon of one two switch that's the only stuff I can think of as being an issue yeah Oh, well, yeah, we'll see how it does. Like, this just seems like a real waste of resources, in my opinion. I, yeah, it, it's a good point. I personally question the point of the charging things in all in general, because you could do that. You could pay for that, or if you're really having that much issue with uh, the Joy-Con batteries, get yourself a char- rechargeable charging grip, for God's sakes, and plug it into the console. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the charging grip's another thing. I think that should have been packed in. Yeah, it should have been packed yeah, in from the so get-go. Bullshit. I agree. Like, they, that thing couldn't have cost very much. Like, it should have been packed in. Like, I mean, it's just a, an extra little... Like, it's got a USB port and connections so that it'll charge. Like, you have to have the grip connected by USB in order to charge. It's not like it charges wirelessly right. anyway. Yeah. That's that's one of my sticking points with the Switch. I think that charging grip should have been included in the box. Oh yeah, that it would have cost them like two more dollars a console, and from what we understand, they're making like seventy bucks off a console when they sell it. So yeah, they're doing free. they're doing fine, I'm sure, and they're selling well. I think they said what two point nine million so so far. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I know they're I know they're uh, 
they've actually what's funny is they sold more copies of Zelda for the Switch than they have Switches itself. So, I bet I, I'm sure a lot of people were buying copies of Zelda in anticipation of of buying a console when they were coming yep. in stock. So I have no doubt that 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 was the case. Yeah, I'm actually reading a uh, press release about the uh, Joy-Con extended battery packs, and there's no detail given on how many more hours it will add to it or. <laughs> anything so we don't I, it just takes all we know is imagine it, a lot those things can't drain the battery that badly no if they'll last 20 hours on a single charge the only thing it says is that it takes two double a batteries um to, huh. to charge them so i guess yeah. if you have two that means four double a batteries um and then really i guess kind of another big thing splatoon 2 um for me personally uh you you mentioned Troy. You were talking earlier about the the single player. I personally really liked single player, and that that, that single player mode made the sixty dollars uh, worth it to me. I loved the boss battles. I loved all that stuff. Even though it was easy tutorial, I liked it. I only played maybe six seven hours of the of the uh, multiplayer, but I still really enjoyed it. Um, but for me, it was Platoon Two. I, I think the salmon run with the horde mode essentially. Uh, I went from being like I, I you know I was excited for Platoon Two, but they haven't said anything about single player. Um, if there is no single player, but they have uh, the salmon run, if I can have two or three people I can I can play this game with on a consistent basis, uh, the salmon run I'm talking about, then I'm in. Then I'm totally. I bet, I bet they have a single player. I hope I actually is. wouldn't be surprised if the single player is more robust in this version than it was in the first one. Like I don't know. I feel like that would be the way they would lean, almost like a Titanfall sort of you know situation where they're like, oh, we'll make a more robust single player. Uh, but yeah, the the multiplayer seems cool. Um, I don't know how the connectivity is going to work yeah. uh, as far as like communication. We have to deal with the whole app thing. Uh, but I mean, we're at a point where a Skype call or a Discord chat or something like that can can substitute for you know in in game chat. So you know there are options there for you to link up with your buddies and and talk to each other while you're playing this. So yeah, it seems like it'd be pretty dope. We have done several uh, Skype and PS4 chats while playing uh, Wii U. So yep. Um, Gabe, there you go. Gables, See, Justin, already right? used to working around. Yeah, it's still annoying that we have to do it, but it's a thing, so <laughs> we can easily work around. Well, Nintendo doesn't always do the uh, the logical thing. They're like they're like Gable sometimes. They just go the hard way for no reason. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, don't go! Don't compare me to Nintendo. I mean, oh. No, you're uh, right. you're much. I like the games they produce and stuff like that. Doesn't necessarily mean I love the company hundred <laughs> percent. No. But uh, you know what? When it comes to Splatoon Two, the whole salmon run thing, yeah, I I like that. You know, it's vastly different. I kind of like the presentation that they were doing for the whole like uh, secret like testing stuff like that. But uh, I am pretty sure we'll probably see single player stuff at E three from Nintendo. At the same point, I feel like with the original Splatoon, it did have the right amount of length personally from what it was trying to accomplish. Especially during like uh, little boss battles and introducing little like new weapons and new types of enemies for each stage and stuff, different types of the terrain that you would explore and stuff. I kind of feel that they probably will expand some aspects of it, but multiplayer will still be the main focus upon its mm-hmm. uh, initial stuff. I mean, it's kind of unavoidable. That's pretty much what Splatoon is known for, and that's its great multiplayer. Yeah. And I think I think we'll learn more a lot about the game. Um, uh, so at E three to go in between here and uh, the release. So I'm I'm curious to see what the plan is after launch with the game, uh, and then kind of also with yeah, like Patrol is meshing with the online part. How is that going to work? I imagine E three is when they're going to tell us a lot of that stuff. 
And uh, if I was if I was betting, man, I bet money that uh, we're not gonna get that we're not gonna get the free maps and shit this time. Oh no, it's gonna be season pass. I bet there'll be season pass. Could be like twenty bucks, but I bet there'll be one. Cool. Yeah. Um, I tried. I I tried to feed you an awesome segue into one of the topics. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, but we're gonna, we're going to segue there. We're, gonna, we're much like Gables. We're going to segue there the hard way. Uh, and we're going to discuss The hard we're not doing the easy way. <laughs> no, I, I threw you a softball and you're like, "Nope. Fuck not that. swinging at that." Fuck that. Nope. We're going to bunt and go for the single. Um <laughs> the, the NES Classic. Uh the the hardest thing to find other than the Holy Grail. Um is no longer in production. Um Nintendo announced a couple days ago. They had a press release about it. Um, basically, in the press release, they said that the the idea for this thing was originally was just to be a small run of it. Actually, I have the press release right here, so I'll do it right now. Uh, throughout April, uh, Nintendo of America territories will receive the last shipments of Nintendo Entertainment System NES Classic Edition systems for this year. We encourage anyone interested in obtaining this system to check out retails retail outlets regarding availability. Uh, we understand that it has been difficult for consumers to find a system, and for that we apologize. We have paid close attention to the consumer's feedback, and we greatly appreciate the incredible level of consumer interest and support for this product. Um, so they have announced that basically uh, if if you can't find any in the next couple weeks, then you will not be finding one, at least uh, through the store, um, pretty much ever. Or, well, at least for a while. Um, I have a lot of opinions on this. But I'm gonna let you guys go first. I want to hear what I want to see what you guys have to say about this. All right, Troy, you go first. Go Gables. No, I don't. I don't want to go first. <laughs> All right. I actually, I actually would prefer to go last. Okay, no problem. If I don't, we'll let Gables go. Scalp. I do have opinions as well. That's <laughs> All right. To begin with, scalpers win because yep. of a one clear reason. Ever since the SNES Classic has come out. There have been people that have gone through every little bit of retailers, picked up in mass a lot of the NES classics because they were so cheap. $60 per pop. You saw initially people going onto Craigslist, going onto places like Amazon and eBay, and selling them for at least twice what they were initially worth, sometimes even three times the initial worth. 200 300 and stuff. And I bet with the news that came out last Thursday that it will probably be somewhat even greater this time around, knowing that this is a luxury item. This is a one-of-a-kind type of item that now that they're going to perceive to try to swindle unassuming masses. And, you know, for good reason, too. Nintendo is really much to blame for this as well. Even though they went on record er like earlier on this week saying that this was never intended to be a full things, none of us really actually thought that they were going to go ahead and have just a single run of a specific type of things. Like a specific amount of NES classics. Yeah. Their, their original, like, at, at no point during the release of this is they say that this is going to be a, a limited time thing. Yeah. Like, it, they never portrayed it as such until this this week. is a classic nintendo move at its finest and what i mean by a classic nintendo move is the sheer inability to look and forecast what is successful and in turn completely just shit the bed with it and this is a good example the classic the nes classic in of, its, of itself 
it's the type of device, no matter what types of games you're going to have it, if you did not have any type of third-party games whatsoever on this device and just have about maybe 13 to 20 of the first-party exclusive stuff that was on that system, it still would have sold gangbusters. If you charged it like around 80 to to $100, it still would have sold gangbusters. There are a couple of different ideas what I think may have played a part into why they initially started thing started to uh, just cut the, the productions of the NES Classic. I mean, still, openly, it's a bizarre thing that they ended up doing. Because regardless that the Switch release releases, like released last March and stuff like that, there wasn't any way that the NES Classic was going to cannibalize Switch sales. Mm. I mean, people were already into that system well within the launch. That and Zelda. What Nintendo, I think, failed to realize in terms like this, the people who are buying the NES Classics, a lot of them have no interest in buying a Switch, have no interest into going through the hardcore gaming stuff. A lot of them are clear nostalgia addicts that played, that probably wanted to pick one up, probably for their children or probably for themselves, that have reminiscent childhood memories of when they used to play the Nintendo and play games like Legend of Zelda, like Mario 2, or Mar- not Mario 2, like Mario 3, or whatever type of games that the system had on it. Mario 2's on there, too. Well, right? yes, it is, yes. <laughs> but I originally was wanted to say Mario 3. <laughs> I know, I know. Mario 3 was my game. That was That was my gateway drug. I mean, I played Mario 1, but I think Mario 3 is the first game that I got super hardcore yes. into. Um, but like, so I guess, I mean, we, we all have things to say on this, so maybe we start with our initial reactions right. on it, and then maybe we'll go into speculation of why we think this might have been done. Okay. Uh, right, right. I know. Uh, do you I, want me to go? Uh, yeah, go, on ahead. go ahead. I, I think it's crazy. I do. I think it's insane. Um, it. It just it blows my mind. I mean, I'm one. I'm I'm glad that I was fortunate enough to get one on launch day. Two, I'm glad that I kept the original packaging. I don't know if I will ever sell the thing, but at least I have the original packaging. If I ever decided to sell it, I know that it's probably worth a fair decent amount of money. Um, I feel bad because I've told people, you know, friends who genuinely wanted one. I, I you know, and I've probably even said it on this podcast. It's like hold off. You know, they're going to make more. Just wait. You'll be able to pick one up for 60 bucks. You know, to just just wait it out. Like, the the, de- the supply will re- it will meet the demand at we some point. We all thought and that So now point. I feel bad because because now the odds are, since they know it's discontinued, the, the actual, you know, market value of these on the streets is going to just go up even beyond the 170 180 200 bucks that people were selling them for before. So I kind of feel bad about that because I was like, no, don't, don't spend those money. You know, don't spend that money. Don't be dumb. Just wait it out. It's gonna it's gonna come into stock and and it hasn't. I do have my opinion on why I think it is uh, that that they decided to make this choice, um, but that, you know we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Tyler, what do you think about the news? Um, I'm as someone like when they first announced it, I I said I'm happy it's a thing that exists, but I don't really give a shit that it, it does exist kind of thing. Or it's like it's a cool thing, but I'm not interested. It's not my thing. Um, but I was pretty pissed to hear about it. It's just, yes, as somebody that loves Nintendo and wants them to do as well, it's like, I love, you know, I have PS4. I don't, I don't, I don't have, I'm not really a fanboy of any particular console, but with Nintendo, I have a little more hope for them. They're like the little engine that could kind of thing. Where it's like, I want them to, any little thing that can help them succeed. That's great. And this thing was that, and it's just like, you fucking bungled it again. It's just classic Nintendo. It's like. They fucked this up from the beginning, and I know, uh, yeah, it's just, 
I was just pissed off because just like this thing was selling gangbusters. Obviously, there's a lot of demand out there. Um, I, I yeah, I, I don't understand. I just to me, it just it boggles my mind why they do that. Even if they're having issues with keeping up with shipments, getting a few thousand out there every couple weeks or so is better than nothing. But that's that was kind of like the first like two minutes after I saw that that post. After you posted it in our Facebook chat, um, that's kind of what I thought. If you guys want to, uh, well, yeah. well, I mean, do you want to do you want to go into what you think was the reason for it to be discontinued? I mean, they haven't really come out with an, an actual reason, but there's obviously a reason. Yeah, do you want to jump in with what you think the reason is? I don't. I, I to me, there's there's part of me that wonders if it's just like uh, the rumor was for a long time that there was an issue with uh, one of the pieces for it, uh, uh, getting it to make the actual NES Classic itself. Uh, but I really feel like their big concern was. The hacking, uh, the easily hackability of the console of the NES Classic, and also cannibalizing the Switch, which to me, uh, I think both are bullshit. If you look at the Wii and the Wii U, the big selling point of both of those consoles was the virtual console, and they've been selling that thing and make us rebuy those goddamn games multiple times for like a fucking decade now, um, and it's working obviously because they're making a buku about a bucks off that stuff, and also the Switch. I feel like this is more of, uh, and I said it in the Facebook chat at the time. That I feel like this could be more of a gateway ju- uh, drug to the Switch, or it's like yeah, people that maybe, maybe they're not big. They haven't been big fans of Nintendo for a long time, and they're not even big fans of video games for a long time. But they're like when they were kids, they had an NES, and it's like oh cool, I could play all these great games on the NES. Oh cool, I I miss Zelda, I miss Mario. Oh the Switch just came out. I want to check that out. Oh there's a new Zelda game out. There's a new Mario game coming out. Like there, it just seems like an easy transition over to get those people over there and if even if it doesn't you have this cheap this thing that's fairly cheap to make uh and coming out and it's fairly cheap to buy and they didn't fucking they're just they bungled it and they fucked it up from the beginning with not having pre-orders so they didn't know what the demand was going to be like uh and then also like you mentioned earlier Troy, work they never said before this was going to be a small little run of things uh, if they would have said the beginning and this happened, then it would be a different story. But they didn't, and I think that's just a bullshit thing on their end that they just kind of they're they're retconning in the story behind the NES Classic. Uh, what about you guys, Gabe? What do you think? Are you there? Gabe's gone. I heard the, I heard a door squeak. He, he's gone. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll go. <laughs> so actually, I think it was my my chair that squeaked. But anyway, either way. Oh. Uh, so. I I honestly believe that the the hackability of the device is what sunk it. I think the fact that when people got this in their hands and they started fiddling with it and they figured out how to add games to the system, uh, so basically by downloading ISOs of games, uh, basically in, in the eyes of Nintendo, uh, pirating the games because they're not paying for them uh, and putting them on the system, uh, that I think is what killed this console because Nintendo has a notorious hardline stance against people pirating their games like you go onto their website in in the frequently asked questions they clearly uh they clearly label you know that in their mind emulators are piracy like that there's no gray area in their mind uh so I think the fact that people had found a way to crack this thing open add a whole bunch of other games I think they were able to expand it to like 70 or 80 games on the console uh, just using the internal storage I think that alone is what killed this console and because the fact that the thing is not connected to the internet there's no way to patch in firmware to to cover this or or to close this 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 problem Um, so in their mind it was just easier to just scrap it 
you know, be done with it, not worry about it anymore, get it off the record, you know, uh, they don't have to worry about it anymore because in, in Nintendo's eyes, uh, emulation is piracy and they have a very hard line stance against piracy. I had, I had read articles, I actually read a Fox News article on LinkedIn that said, oh, it's because they didn't want it to cannibalize the Switch. And I'm like, no, there's no way a $60 memento piece mm-hmm. is going to cannibalize the sales of a $300 console whose games cost 60 bucks. Like, there's no way that somebody is going to, oh, I'm not going to buy the Switch. Why would I do that? I, instead, I'm just going to buy this NES Classic. The NES Classic is just a memento, a nostalgia piece, like that's what it is, and it's sixty bucks. It's the same price as Zelda at this point. Uh, there's, I mean, there's no logical reason why Nintendo would think that this sixty dollar console is going to cannibalize sales of the Switch. It's just not going to happen. Uh, in my honest opinion, it is the the emulation and the ability to add more games that is what killed this this console. And I feel like that I don't understand. I, I get maybe it's just like a, a Japanese kind of thing, company kind of thing, but I just don't get that. Like. People have been emulating games for decades. I remember playing fucking Mario on my cal- on a calculator 20 years ago. It's like people have yeah. been buying Raspberry Pis for cheaper than what it costs to buy an NES Classic for years yep. and playing any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, whatever kind of game they want. But there is a demand for people, and I feel like 98% of people that own a Classic probably just did a legitimate thing. They bought it, and they want to play the 30 games that are on it. But yep. That's where I stand. And then, but now what they've done is they've basically pushed people towards emulation because now people are like, well, I can't get one of these, but guess what? A Raspberry Pi is, you know, 50 bucks and I can, you know, turn that into basically this plus have, you know, SNES games and Sega Genesis games and, you know, a slew of other games on this console rather than just the 30 games that Nintendo wants me to play on the NES Classic. And, you know, you'll have you'll have people on Etsy selling shells that hold a a Raspberry Pi that look like a, you know, classic NES, you know, that it's going to be that like they have basically by cutting off this market, they have enabled a new market to exist, um, you know, to replace that. Yeah, and it's just like kind of people will pay for convenience. They'll pay more for convenience. Like, like for me, going to, like to wrestling, I guess to make an uh, analogy there, where the pay per views before they had the network for ten bucks a month, you can buy the pay per views for every month, and they're fifty, sixty bucks uh, for a pay per view. And it's like I can pay fifty, sixty bucks for this pay per view, or I can just go and like do like thirty, forty minutes of searching and find a legal stream to watch it on, and just do it on there and don't have to worry about any any don't pay any money don't have to worry about any issues with getting in trouble or anything but i always, i never did that i always went and paid the 50 60 bucks to watch pay-per-view just because for the convenience factor and i don't have to worry about shit i don't have to worry about getting in trouble for yep. anything in case there was something going wrong so and there's a lot of people that did that and i feel like there's a lot, a lot of things for that in just general in life that it's just bullshit to me that this thing sold i think like i think it sold like nine over nine hundred thousand uh uh copies or whatever pretty much pretty much every one that they made yeah <laughs> i mean there there are going to be none of these left on the shelf yeah, anywhere so, like the only place you're going to find them is on craigslist or on ebay yeah it, like yeah and it's just like how many of those people probably actually did like shady shit with it maybe a few hundred maybe a thousand or two yeah, probably not a, not a huge percentage i mean i have no intention of hacking mine i'm gonna play just the original 30 games that are on it yeah like you said it's a memento thing but like people i bet there's a decent amount of people that probably just bought it and set it on the shelf you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just, it just infuriates me just being someone that loves Nintendo and wants them to do well. It's just like just hurting yourself uh, twice over by the fact now you're not making money off this thing 
people are getting your shit elsewhere. So yeah, no, it's absolutely Nintendo's fault. No matter how you look at it, it was their fault. They they bungled the launch. They bungled the supply. They bungled the fact that they didn't foresee that somebody was going to be able to crack this thing open and keep adding games so even if that's the reason and they're doing it to protect their intellectual property from you know being pirated and and added to the device that they put out like it's their bad for making a product that's able to do that so i mean no matter how you slice it nintendo is the reason why this you know was the disaster that it was and every goddamn console ever has been hacked and been messed with like i remember like working at a game store in like from 06 to 08 and people were bringing me 360s that have been out for a year at that point and they were hacked and they did all kinds of shit to it and they had like every fucking game on it that was out at that point there was like eight at that point but they had every game on it and so <laughs> that shit happens like current games with freaking uh online support they were still doing that with there's there's a ways people will find a way around anything no matter how fucking much you do to it so yeah it just it, it's just it's a lot like Persona Five last week talking about that kind of stuff. It's yep, just, same thing. Just, Japanese yeah. companies don't necessarily think the same way that Western companies do, yeah. or As, people. You know, like the what you and I would think was common sense, they don't necessarily think that way. I guess. Yeah, they yeah they'd rather piss off the majority of their of the consumers than yeah they make money i guess i don't know i think there's certain um, more points it's probably i not think there that. is another point to this to be had in mind i don't personally believe it's due to hacking that they cut and continue this you know cut the overall classic nes stuff i don't think it's because of that i don't think it's because of the whole like scammer things or supply and demand i think it has largely to do with the fact of virtual console now, the thing about it is, what they sell their NES Classic, a lot of their games that they have on the device in and of itself, well, granted, the Virtual Console is not a new thing. It's been around since the Wii's lifespan. 2006. 2006. It has put like a lot of the games that uh, would be on the system for about 5 bucks a pop, but if you were to do the math calculations for the games that are on the NES Classic, you're going to be seeing like about $2 a pop, pretty much for any at games. least i mean like if you just take the games into account it's two dollars per yeah. game but mm-hmm. that's not taking into account the awesome little nes that can sit on yeah your that's shelf that's and very the controllers true. that are are one for one replicas of the original nes controllers which adds extra value so i believe personally the reasoning why one of the reasons why even though i know it's kind of dumb but at the same point this is classic nintendo stuff that we're talking about if they want to try to make something like I say, a virtual console, virtual console esque thing for the Nintendo Switch that may possibly do the same thing. I mean, there's been rumblings for that virtual console things on the Switch now over the past year. Then it wouldn't be so much of a surprise. That was the reason why they went forth and cut the NES Classic. Because why go through and put a sixty dollar device and stuff business wise? Why would you go through and do a sixty dollar device that has all of these games that or labeled for two bucks a pop, or they could just go ahead and hike up with the same price that they charged in the previous services by having five dollars a pop for the NES games or whatever type of things that they got going through there. I think it's totally a business. See, but having for that one, having those having those virtual console games on the Switch gives you an extra benefit in that you can take them on the go. Exactly, that's something you can't do with the NES Classic Edition. So I honestly don't know like whether or not that's the reason and we may never no, know the actual reason why Nintendo decided to do this but like 
that's not logical because there is an edge to having these games on the Switch in the fact that you can take them anywhere exactly. uh, that you can't with the NES Classic Edition. So uh, another thing, that, another thought that crossed my mind is I bought extension cables for the controllers because the controllers had those ridiculous like two or three foot long cables yep. on them. Um, there's a whole industry that popped up around this thing of people providing controllers and extension cables and all these other things for this device and they probably ramped up production expecting Nintendo to continue to make these things and the fact that like now all of a sudden these these products are going to sit on the shelves or in people's warehouses without you know an NES classic to match to it like that's kind of crappy too like now all of a sudden all these other companies are are they lose money too yeah this this it's right it doesn't just affect Nintendo it affects a lot of people a lot of different companies, but um, I will say the virtual console thing, as far as like, excuses go, is probably the best argument. Um, but much like what we were saying earlier, like if this was originally be- the plan to be a small little thing, a small run, then that's then that's fine. I mean that makes sense as far as a business strategy goes. I guess um, not the most sense, but it makes it make there's an argument you can make there. Um, but I feel like they should have communicated that. Beforehand. So yeah, I don't. I honestly don't think that was the plan. No, all along. it was. I think I that was the plan all along. They would have announced that early, so there was a huge fervor. I mean, there's already a huge fervor, but there would have been even more fervor. People, if they knew that it was going to be a limited production thing, and Nintendo could have jacked the price up, they could have sold these things for a hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah. And and so if they had intentions of just making a limited number of these, like a sixty dollar price point, obviously that price point was too low. Like so many people sk- scooped it up at at sixty dollars. Like that was not the equilibrium price for this device. Like if you wanted to find an equilibrium price, I'm thinking it's closer to 120 bucks. It could have been closer to what people are scalping them for, 150 bucks. You know, so I don't think this was planned all along for Nintendo. Because if they it was, they would have been smarter about it. Yeah. They would have jacked up the price and they would have announced early on, look, we're making a very limited number of these, so you got to get them while they're hot. And I, I'm not saying I, I agree with that that being an excuse. I'm just. That's the, as far as all the arguments I've heard. That's the best one, uh, and it's a very thin argument you have there. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I mean, but I mean, what it comes down to is like, like I said, we may never ever know, and it, the the fact of the matter is that it is like the ones that are out there are all that they're going to be. So you're yeah. either going to uh, pay the scalpers fees you you may look out and get one in the next month but otherwise you know you're stuck uh, just in case and then hopefully nintendo learns their lesson like if they decide to put out an snes classic later on hopefully yeah. they learn their lesson and, and 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 figure out how to do this the right way yeah. uh let this be a great lesson to them but at the same time i wonder if this might hurt people and attract people in the future like you just might have pissed off a huge bunch of people as like well i just dealt with all this bullshit spent the last four or five months trying to get this thing couldn't get it Oh, it's now the SNES Classic. Fuck you! I don't want to even exactly deal with this hassle again. So you might just you might just scare a good chunk of your audience off in the future, especially so if I, they try to do a same move again with another potential limited edition run of a specific type of mini console that they did with the NES. Because you damn sure better believe that if they try to do the same thing again, that they are not going to do that. <laughs> then people are not going to go ahead and just look at it. It's like, oh, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to invest into this because they already know the thing's going to already be sold because a lot of the fucking scalpers are going to pull, go and pull a fucking Saturday Night Richard and scoop up all the fucking things in one go and sell them off for twice the initial worth on eBay. So here you go. <laughs> yeah. We all, we all know how Gabe feels about that. <laughs> <laughs> 
He just he just dropped like six f bombs in like one sentence. So we know how he feels about that. Gabe really hates eBay. Uh, <laughs> Not I don't hate eBay. I loathe. He hates scalpers. scalpers. There you go. There you go. That's fair. Um, but you know what? I think uh, we're going a little long, so I think that might wrap up the show for the week. A lot of Nintendo talk this week. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll add the rest of these to the continuing list of topics that are being rolled over to yeah. the next episode. <laughs> like in like November, we're going to be talking about games that are like that are already out, but we're going to talk about how they released the first trailer oh, and, yeah. and the release date was announced. Uh, but yeah, no, we'll talk about we have should talk about next week as long as like ninety things is happen again this week. Yeah, right. I mean, if nothing happens, we've got four topics. <laughs> oh my god, we talk yeah. about next week. As, as long as, as long as nothing, <laughs> as long as the terrorists doesn't do anything to piss off Gables, <laughs> we have to talk about next week. So, <laughs> but as long as Taylor keeps doing stupid business moves, we have we have loads of loads of content. Anyway, material. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening this week. If you want to hear more from us, we are on Facebook. We have a page and group. It is Drunk Dash Nerds on there. So like and join us on there. On Twitter, we are at Drunk Nerds Pod. So follow us on there. Probably the best places to go to find out when the episodes come out right away. Um, also on YouTube, it is Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. So check our Drunk Dash Nerds. I'm sorry. Check us out on there. Subscribe. Uh, podcast goes there as well. We do some streaming stuff. We'll put them on there as well too. Uh, so like those videos and tell your friends. Great. Um, also on iTunes, we're available there. Um, give us a five star review. The more reviews we get, the more people see us, and that'd be greatly appreciated. And then also on Twitch, my dreaded uh, plug of the day. Um, follow us on there. <laughs> yes, follow us on there. What's up? Yes. Oh my <laughs> did god. You, did you say follow? Yeah. I didn't even hear. I just like. I was like, huh. My Skype sorry, might have messed DJing. up right then. Uh, so follow us yeah. on there. Yes. Cool. Yes. Follow. Yay. I'm getting so good at this hosting thing. It only took four years. Um, so anyways, thank you guys once again for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. I have been Troy. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next week, everyone, the legend will live on. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Peace out. Yeah, peace out. Hashtag fuck Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Nintendo. I love you, Nintendo. Fuck you, Nintendo. I love you, Nintendo. (laughs) Fuck you, Nintendo. We're going to do 140 characters of hashtag fuck and love Nintendo. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you get a daisy and you pull the pedals instead of he loves me, he loves me not. It's fuck Nintendo. I love Nintendo. (laughs) Fuck Nintendo. (laughs) I love Nintendo. (laughs) There's a new, there's a new, the new uh, Konami. Oh no! There you go. Oh, that, I don't, I don't think oh, the whole live. gym oh, oh, yeah, thing. It's like okay, it's like fuck Konami and oh Ubisoft. It's like classic Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we out. Some beers there. Anyways, we're on iTunes now, so go on there, check us out. And if you like us, leave us a review. 
and we'll even shout you out, and Jack will send you his credit card number.